0: his name on the Stonehaven Cup. Leashed into 11-under. We've got a new leader, kids. There it is!
2: Adam Scott! A life changer. Coming up next, you have unrestricted access to golf across Australia
0: and the world. Thanks to Golf Australia, we're going Inside the Ropes.
2: Subscribe now on iTunes or your favourite podcast app or head to golf.org.au.
0: Hello and welcome everyone, Inside the Ropes episode number 74, we're, we're racking them up at the moment, this is our uh, sixth podcast in the last seven or eight days and hopefully you're not sick of our voices. I'm Mark Hayes and I have had more co-hosts than Bruce McEvaney in his entire career and I'm joined by yet another one today, Justin Falconer, uh, who before I introduce him and let him just go... Let he's... me say
2: hi- hello Mark first, before you tell some story that you've going to largely make up, but go on, please oh. don't let me stop you.
0: Uh, if we, if this was a visual medium, you would see that <laughs> when we walked into the media centre where we were recording this at uh, the Metropolitan Golf Club in beautiful Sandbelt area of Melbourne, uh, the Golf Australia <laughs> contingent walked in and there was a sign saying Golf Australia here, Golf Australia there, Golf Australia here, and Golf Australia Falconer. Ten- You're the only person of our entire contingent. Who had a specific spot and it was all printed out. What did you do on the
2: application for accreditation? You're making it sound like I had anything to do with it.
0: Well, I mean I I,
2: I can't dispute your story. Technically it's correct. <laughs> Technically. But I'm not to blame. I'm really? not i I'm not at fault. So you weren't head wobbling when the accreditations went out? Look, when I walked in and saw that I was the only one with a personalised desk, <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't devastated. <laughs> have, have you been sort of sucking up to the USPGA Tour in the background? No, I haven't. I promise.
0: Really? Yeah, no, I wouldn't do that, you, you know that much. You've got a very, the the <laughs> scope of Inside the Ropes is really on you this week. If we see any behaviour, this is an official warning.
2: Well, so, maybe that's why, maybe it's because they thought if I'd played up, they'd easily be able to identify me. So that's why they thought they na- name my desk.
0: Well, well, I'm just saying, jury's out, watch this space. If we come back on another podcast later this week and there's no Falconer, You'll, this, know, you'll it was, know what's happened. At
2: this point, it was no first name. It was just surname, but maybe for the President's Cup next year. Hopefully. It was
0: almost third person. That's how head wobbly it was. <laughs> now, we've got a very big show here. We're coming to you from the ISPS Handa World Cup of Golf at the beautiful Metropolitan Golf Club in Melbourne. Uh, we've got a special World Cup preview today. Going to have a chat later on. I caught up with um, Ireland's Shane Lowry, who's a ripping fellow. I had a chat with him. We also had the chance very brief, briefly to catch up with um, Mark Leishman and Cameron Smith. They've already done their press conference. We're sitting at the desk where they did that. If there's any noise, we apologise for that. Probably not dissimilar to where we were at the Emirates Australian Open last week. Have you recovered from the Emirates Australian Open, Justin? I know it's a it's a big week, isn't it?
2: It is. You don't, you don't really get a chance to recover. The show just rolls on. Um, it makes me... Weeks like that, it makes you appreciate for the players, I think, that they get on a flight... That, possibly Sunday night if not first thing Monday morning and they're straight into it I mean they just move on so quickly and for and these guys do it 40 weeks a year 30 weeks a year so
0: I, I reckon that's a really good point and I think most of the golf fans who tend to be our audience on this podcast uh, appreciate that more than non-golfers mm, yeah. um, who think that golfers just rock up to the course on Thursday 10 minutes before their tee time and play and then they're you know, celebrating in the casino on Sunday night. And, and
2: they're 100% that. every week and they rock up and they're fresh. Like, And you think of what John Zunick did last week, for example. Yeah. These guys so often roll into a tournament and they, I mean, John Zunick came, he obviously played in Queensland a few weeks ago, had a win and we saw prior to that with Zach Murray he's obviously a younger guy but Zach spoke a lot about that win took a lot out of him so winning's a big deal and then Jordan obviously won the Queensland Open went straight to Europe and tried to get his way through Q School there which is Q Schools around the world are grueling on their own and then Jordan made it back to the Australian Open last week at the Lakes on Wednesday morning He, I believe he'd requested an afternoon tea time
0: Thursday morning are you sorry
2: Thursday morning exactly morning of the first uh, first round I believe he'd Sort of asked if he could get a afternoon tea time just because he knew he would be against the clock. Anyway, rolled landed in Sydney four hours before his tea time, or might even be less than that. Get out of the airport. I think he had a shower. And then he... Jogged to the first tee. <coughs> jogged to the first tee. Made it in time. Shot one over in the afternoon win, which was incredible. And then 68, I think, or 67 on the second round in the morning. But, I mean, yeah, these guys just... They come from all corners of the globe. There's another, someone else... Spoke to us. Dave Mikalusi had a great weekend in Sydney. He finished joint low amateur, and he said that he played six of seven weeks, and it really takes a toll on these guys. So you think of with Mark Leishman and Cam, for example, they come here, they've got media commitments every day, mm. number of them, clinics, things like that. Um, sure, it's you know, there's worse jobs they could be doing, but I think definitely it's it makes you appreciate that it's a. Uh,
0: which adds fuel to the fire of why we think people should come down and play before a World Cup such as this week or mm. next year, the President's Cup, so you can get on the right time zone. When I chatted to Shane Larry before, I mean, he was fantastic, but he's just arrived from Dubai. He rocked in late, mm. late, late, late last night, hasn't had a look at the course yet. Um, it's it's a tall order, and I think when you're assessing the form here, you'll see, especially on day one and two, until they're more familiar with the course and the wind and all and how to you know exchange uh, the different brands of balls that they're playing with here this week with their partners I think you'll see Saturday and Sunday be a much better standard of golf when guys are up and about as opposed to Thursday and Friday not that it'll be bad
2: no and that's, just... you hope that's you hope that's why some guys sort of don't shoot their way out of it the first couple of days mm-hmm. because of something like jet lag or they've been playing weeks on end and things like that so
0: well let's talk about this tournament here in more depth the Australian teams coming into this, like we're often biased, and that's understandably so. We're often biased that uh, you know, we expect them to come in here and win. This year, they are legitimate favourites. Yep. Uh, Cameron Smith, Mark Leishman, in form, on their home deck. Um, there's been a couple of um, people uh, question the, the commitment of some of the Americans, and we're left with a team that isn't as highly ranked as an Australian team, which is a very unusual occurrence in world golf. Um, we did have the chance to catch up with them, but before I talk about that, what? how do you see that playing out? Does that put them under additional pressure or is it just par for the course?
2: There probably is additional pressure, you'd think, and but they sort of just tend to get on the front foot and just bat it away. Oh, there's a lot of good players here, things like that. I mean, I don't think they feel the pressure, but you do get a sense of how badly they do want to win. And there's one thing to win in Australia and there's another thing to win in Australia, like playing for Australia. Mm. I think there was a sense of that last World Cup two years ago here at Kingston Heath as well him Leash and Adam Scott really really wanted to win obviously Adam had already won with Jason Day but I think there is a pressure with being the home country but I think maybe outweighing that is the knowledge that particularly Mark has of the course that they get uh, from being down here I mean that certainly helps so pressure to win home yes but I don't think it's when it comes down to it I don't think it's a huge issue
0: As I said, I had a chance to catch up with Mark Leishman earlier. I actually asked him a question uh, relating to that question and and, um, specifically around how the American President's Cup team came here in 2011 uh, and were roundly criticised for not having done their warm-up here and everything and we've got a huge advantage. And it didn't pan out that way at all. The Americans came out and absolutely slaughtered the international team in the first uh, couple of team formats. And I asked Mark Leishman about that um I think you know you've still got to play golf it's um you know the,
3: the team who plays the best is still going to win um, and you know Americans are a tough team so uh, I think you can if you think you've got too much of an advantage it's not a good thing um, you have to still you know know you've got to play very well and grind and uh, fight hard are there are a
0: couple of really sand belty holes here where you do think you might have an edge
3: yeah possibly I mean I think just the um the you know, the way the greens are, you, you know, if you shortside yourself at all on the sand belt ever, you, you're pretty much done. Um, <laughs> and it's probably even magnified more here. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, you've got to be a little conservative, but there's still times where you can be aggressive too. So you have to know when to take them chances and uh, hopefully we, we make the right decisions this week. And you've already made your decisions on the balls and the teamwork aspect of
0: the, uh, you know, you and Cam?
3: Yeah, it's good to have that done and dusted, you know, before lunch Tuesday. Yeah. Um, we can concentrate on preparation now and, um, and not worry about, you know, thinking about that. So, um, you know, last one, we, we kind of didn't really know what we were doing until Wednesday afternoon. Um, so it's, it's nice to have that done now.
0: I look to see you guys pretty loose out there with the caddies too all week.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're all, all good friends. Um, it's going to be fun. I think we're going to, going to enjoy ourselves. Um, obviously, we'll enjoy ourselves more if we play well. And hopefully we do, so that's the plan. Good on you, mate. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Thanks, Hazy.
0: Really interesting to hear Mark Leishman's thoughts there, and he, he talked about what, uh, how the Australian team, him and Smithy, were going to uh, tackle this course on a tactical basis. Um, obviously, in foursomes, there's issues with, with balls that mm. they play, but also they've got shot shapes that uh, set up better for the different holes. And for the first time, you mentioned Scotty earlier on, Scotty and um, Leish didn't... Appear to gel that well mm. in terms of selection and ball selection in 2016. But Le- they've, they've, Leach
2: even mentioned this morning that he accidentally hit the wrong ball off the tee <laughs> a few times. Yeah. So Scotty, you get down to the fairway and look down and see a Callaway and be like, oh. Oops.
0: Yeah, because the, the plan the plan here is that the player who's got to play the technical shot with the spin and the you know the, the proximity to the hole is playing with their ball. So Cam, Cam Smith's a Titleist player, Mark Leachman's a Callaway player. They talked about it. They've got to assess a system but they've already sort of lined up with themselves this this week.
2: Yeah, so Mark said that, obviously, the sort of rule of thumb is that they play the other person's ball off the tee, so you're hitting your own ball into the green. So Leash is going to take all the even holes. Is that right? Hitting into the hitting off the tee, sorry, which is the four par threes here at Metropolitan. Um, the, they've got the 19th hole normally is playing this week, so that's the par threes are going to be 2, 6, uh, 12, and the other one's...
0: We missed one. There. Eight. Eight. Two the, six, eight yeah, and 12. yeah, one
2: downhill. So Lee should be hitting into all part threes. That's the plan at least for the foursomes, which is Friday and Sunday. Um, that, that, as, as a little quirky thing that you come into these events, same with Ryder Cup, Presidents Cup. I find the ball, the whole ball situation, so interesting. Mm. These guys have to, and the fact that they just feel, it feels so different, so foreign to them, and it it becomes a sort of another quirky side effect to. The, team's tournaments. are It's really cool.
0: It is really cool. And if you think to it, Mark Leishman plays with a little fade. his stock shot as a tiny fade and Cameron Smith's the exact opposite. So they've been around this course and they're really comfortable with the fact that Leish is going to play the even holes and the little tiny draw holes required um, are going to really suit Cam Smith's eye off the tee as well. So it just uh, makes me think. That's another... That's probably the biggest single advantage, because they all the international players adapt to courses. They do that every week. Yeah, we, it's, they're we, so good at it. it's stock in trade for them. But uh, knowing who's going to do what and when on the course is going to be uh, key for the Australian team. Another thing that happens here this week is the Australian team's been, um, well, I would say not bombarded. That's going too far. But they have a lot of media requests. Yeah. And naturally, one of the questions um, being set up by the PGA Tour is how they deal, how all the other teams deal with all the Australian slang terms. <laughs> and I, I can't wait for the US PGA Tour video to promote how all the other players react to things like snags and barbies and billabongs and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> ben Everill's out there shooting it earlier and Cameron Smith was being asked some questions. It was it was fascinating. It's going to be really interesting to see. And I asked Cameron Smith straight after that what it was like to, to have to do all this Australian-type ocker stuff before a tournament.
1: Yeah, I do love it. Um, you know, I was, I was so excited, really, ever since uh, Leash told me. I, I couldn't wait to get down here and uh, represent Australia and, uh, you know, just uh, you know, just have fun with Leash, I think. Uh, partnering up, partnering up with, with Leash and having all the boys inside the ropes, I think, will be so fun.
0: And I'm imagining that the course, especially by Sunday, if it's a bit, a bit windy, will be right where you want it, harder and bouncier and yeah. really suits your eye.
1: Yeah, um, Yeah, it was... It was a bit of a, yeah. and that's, uh, my hope is get I don't want it. I, to it, it was a bit <laughs> weird last week, I guess <laughs> you could say. Um, I didn't think personally that it was a good representation of Australian golf, um, just how soft it was and, um, you know, I was ripping, you know, wedges, you know, down tiers and stuff like that, um, that in years past we've had to kind of play up the green and it was just very weird um, and it's definitely something we won't get this week. Um you know, we've been out there and played all 18 and um, you know having to I, I like seeing the ball release and and bounce up green so I, th- I think um, I think we'll be in for a treat
0: and everyone knows you're proud of Queenslander but you've always loved coming down here even in your amateur days
1: yeah yeah I love it down here it' it's it's so it's just so good down here it's it's a um, you don't get this golf anywhere else in the world it's very unique Um I, I love the the look of the the courses, the way the bunkers kinda of fall off the greens and yeah, it's it's uh it's very cool. So Sunday maroon or Sunday green and gold? I think we're gonna go maroon Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so um <laughs> I, I know Leash uh Leash is kinda of helping me out. He, he knows I wear maroon on Sunday, so um yeah, he, he, he's happy with keeping that I think. you want your mate royal cheering for you this week? I think they're
0: the team to beat. Like, I'm it's hard not to be biased in saying that. Yeah. Um, there's some there's some uh, teams, some nations here that have very valid claims to the title. Um, India, Ireland, of course, the United States. Yeah. Uh, the German team's pretty strong. Um, England. England, England. Should I should. That's, that's a bad one to neglect in that top of the list because Tyrrell Hatton and Ian Poulter are obviously world class players, especially mm. in team event. Polts, you just can't.
2: On the back of the Ryder Cup, too. Yeah. Yeah. I Both are brilliant.
0: They've got great form. But there's some unsung ones here too. the The Korean team could do anything. Um, obviously, Denmark's the defending champion. Um, this Thailand is could do anything. China, Kyrida.
2: China as well. Hao Tong Li and Wu Ashun.
0: How good is Hao Tong Li going love, at the moment? I
2: just I just love Hao Tong. Full yeah. stop. So yeah. <laughs> he's unreal.
0: He's going to be a beast in the in the four ball because he he can shoot anything. Yeah, tong So that's. it's not going to be a walk in the park, but it's justifiable that Australia is going to start favourites. We did have the chance, as I mentioned, to catch up with another one of the favourite teams, Ireland, before. And Shane Lowry, who's no stranger to this neck of the woods, he's played here a few times in Australia before. um, Very forthright with his opinions, which we love, and he's a typical Irishman. Had a fantastic chance to catch up with him as well. Well, we've got the absolute privilege now of being able to talk to Team Ireland, Shane Lowry. Welcome back to Melbourne, Shane. Thank you very much. Have you got your feet on the ground? You've been a lot of time in the air lately for you.
4: Yeah, just about. We landed in uh, around midnight last night, so uh, wow. out the golf course today, just trying to stay awake more than th- anything <laughs> else, and um, keeping plenty of coffee into us. And uh, yeah, but look, it's a uh, it's going to be a short turnaround until we start on Thursday, but I'm looking forward to it. It's been a big year for you, a lot of a lot of golf. I played a lot of golf this year. I, I have my card on the PGA Tour as well, and uh, I played both tours. And I chased it a little bit at the end as well when I needed to, and I kind of struggled and yeah i've played probably too much golf this year but look it is what it is and and um, we have no regrets and uh you know the last few weeks have have been good i've enjoyed it but it's been a lot of travel
0: you've got a lot of irish fans in this part of the world you know that um is irish are great travelers have you got enough petrol in the tank to sort of do something special this week do you i reckon?
4: hope so i think um you know there's certain parts of both our games myself and paul that have been we've been doing really well over the last while so i think if we can somehow uh you know, cement them together. I think we could do something this week. I think the conditions are going to be somewhat favourable towards us. Not that um, I quite enjoy playing in tough conditions, but um, you know, we'll be well able to deal with tough conditions and grinding out there. And it's going to be, especially the first couple of days with the forecast that's due. It's it's going to be a bit of a grind at the start.
0: We'll talk about yourself and Paul teaming up in a minute. But you're back in an area here, and I know you haven't had a good look around Metro yet. But you were. Big fan, I think it's fair for me to say, of Kingston Heath. When you were last down in our neck of the woods, Um, what is it about Sandbelt golf that you love?
4: I think um, you know, I was I grew up playing a lot of links golf and and you know playing the ball along the ground and and quite firm and fast and that's the way the golf gets down here. You know, it gets fiery and fast and it's um, it's very enjoyable to play. It's it's not what you see in the modern game. Um, You know, you you put the the long hairs out here. It doesn't. I'm not sure. It long-hitting favors this, these golf courses, so you just kind of need to keep the ball in play and a bit of shot making, especially with you know
0: some high winds that can go up. You really need to be able to control your ball. We're pretty biased here, mate. We've, <laughs> we've got a good collection of courses around this uh, little little paddock that we call Metropolitan. Um, some you know some of the world's best within walking distance, or maybe an easy Uber. I don't know, but let's let's roll with walking distance. It, would it be good in your eyes to see? these courses incorporated into a more global tour more regularly
4: yeah I, I you know um i'd love to come down here and play some events um, obviously I, i've only been down i played uh the last two world cups and i've played i played the um eisenhower trophy in adelaide back in 2008 but i'd love to come down here especially you know for a run of events i think it'd be great to come down here and, and play some golf and it is a long way away from home, but when you get down here, it'd be nice to come down and stay for two or three weeks.
0: And I know you were in Dubai last week, and I'm, you know, I know you kept an eye loosely on the Australian Open and, and saw uh, Abraham Anser's big win, but um, there was a lot of stick given to the organisers um, about the field and the timing and everything. Uh, is at the end of the year a shocking time to try and jam another big tournament in? Because we still see that tournament as pretty important in our little world anyhow. Yeah, I think... Um,
4: when we get to Dubai, we're really ready to call turn off day. the engine and and just call it a day until Christmas and uh, until January. I think if you look at you know you look at the new European Tour schedule, and new PGA Tour schedule, I think a great um, time to have these events down in Australia would be like you know February, March, those th- that time of year because I think with the gap in the schedule, you certainly will get some guys coming down to play down here. I know. We're down. There's a, a European Tour event, the Vic Open, and and the Super Sixes in in Perth. But um, you know the big events like the PGA and the Aussie Open. I think
0: if they're around that time of year, you might get more people playing them. Now your own season this year, I, I've in doing some research, chat to you. you. You've you've said before that you've been trying to salvage your yeah. season um, after a, I guess a sluggish start, but you've been playing really solid golf lately. Yeah. yeah, I've been playing decent since um, you know I suppose since the Open Championship,
4: which is you know, the end of July. So, quite a long time now. I feel like I've been playing well. I've, you know, I, I went back to America. I re- I need to do something to keep my card over there, and I I almost did it. I nearly did it at the PGA. I, I had a good week there. I got myself in contention, and um, you know, then I had a few weeks off, and I came back to Europe, and I had a good week in Portugal, and and played nicely after that, and and I had a great chance to win in Valorama. So I kind of, I think I've somewhat salvaged my year. Um, I definitely. You know, no matter what happens this week, be going with a bit of confidence into the off season, and, and I've got some stuff to work on that I'd like to get better at. Obviously, like we do every year, but um, I, I really kind of think I think I've got a good chance with Paul to salvage a great year. You know, all of a sudden you're walking home with the trophy this week, you, you'll feel like it's a great year. So um, we've got a good chance this week. I think we're um, I think we're probably one of the one of the stronger teams. I, I on paper, I think we. We have a good chance of going out there and doing something this week.
0: Any temptation to sort of kneecap Sergio at Valderrama and just give him a <laughs> bit of a three iron around yeah.
4: the ankles or something? Um, no, I couldn't quite get that close to him, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I get myself. I got within one and then had a bad 15th, but it was uh, it was one of those. I just felt great to be back up there and back in the buzz of of contention on the Sunday. It's kind of it's one of those things when you're out of it for a while, you kind of forget what it feels like, I and mean, when you get back in there, you you know you really want to keep getting yourself there because the more you get yourself there you know sooner or later is eventually going to happen
0: and i wouldn't say you burst onto the scene because you you know been a very impressive golfer for most of the past decade but i think you came to i think it's fair to say global prominence maybe three or four years ago when things were really rolling your way and you look like you could go on and do anything is that golf right at the tip of your fingers here or is it a long way away at the moment
4: no i think so like i you look go back to 2015 when i had you know, arguably, well, definitely my best year. I, um, that U.S. Open at Chambers Bay was definitely the start of what I felt like. I I knew I was good enough to kind of compete at the highest level. I, I felt like I gave myself a great chance that week, and then, you know, I I went to the Akron a few weeks later and and did the business there. So, mm. you know, obviously I had a great U.S. Open the the year after, and, and possibly should have won, and that kind of still that's a bit disappointment in my career but um you know, I think I'll get myself back there. I feel like um the last couple of years have been quite stale but I've been over and back to the States, messing about with my schedule, playing too much, doing too much travel, so I I kinda need to sit down in this off season with my coach and my manager and and my caddy and, and my wife as well and people around me and I make sure that I try and set out the best schedule I can in the next sort of 18 months to try and make the next Ryder Cup team and try and compete and get back into all the majors.
0: I was going to ask you about that, the Ryder Cup, but watching that unfold, was it just something that inspires you, especially to see Europe do so well? Yeah, it does. You know, it's funny when you're... um, I
4: didn't have a chance to make the team this year. I didn't play well enough. But when you're a player and you feel like you're good enough to be there it's kind of you're watching it, and obviously i was cheering them on i was hoping they were going to win and um but there's something deep down that really there's a bit of jealousy there that you, you really really want to be there yourself and um, especially the next one i think you know i'm getting i'm I'm not old but i'm getting on in golf and you know I, i'm i'm 33 for the next Ryder cup so i need to start making a move and making the ne- making one soon so that's kind of a big goal in my head and hopefully i uh, i think Possibly Porrick Harrington's going to be captain as well. So, um,
0: A sneaky backdoor operation there. That would be
4: nice, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll, I'll hopefully make that team and it would be great to, be, to play Ryder Cup, but it would be great even to play
0: under him as well. Porrick's a big fan of our podcast. I think you should put a call out to him right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is, so going back to your schedule for 2019, does it look like you might play more on the European Tour or will you still try and combine? I'll definitely play more in the European Tour I'm going to start
4: in, in Abu Dhabi at the start of the year but really after I'm going to play Abu Dhabi Dubai and possibly Saudi Arabia and then God I, I genuinely don't know what I'm going <laughs> to do after that depends on my world ranking I, I'm hoping that it'll move up a little bit and I'll be in the big tournaments but if I'm not I'm I'm going to have to go you know maybe this side of the world or something I'm not sure um, we'll just have to wait and see but that's something I'm going to have to sit down and uh, to be honest I haven't really had a good look at the schedule Um don't he part of the schedule I've looked at is next October when the World Cup semi finals and finals are on in rugby, so um, I'm hoping I'm hoping I'm gonna to get to Japan for that.
0: Oh, if you've got all the points and everything taken care of, you'll yeah. be laughing. Um and you are you're you're a big sport fan generally, mm-hmm. aren't you? Yeah. What else tickles your fancy other than rugby and golf? Does uh, golf tickle your fancy still? Yeah,
4: I watch a lot of golf, yeah. Even when I'm off i i always find myself sitting at home watching golf. Um, you know, no matter what golf is on TV, I'll, I'll flick it on and watch it. Um, big rugby fan, obviously soccer. Uh, we've got our sports back home, Gaelic football and hurling. which, I mean, you've got Aussie rules here. Um,
0: Do you get down to Croke Park and watch the... I do all the time, yeah.
4: Yeah? Yeah, I live, I live about 20 minutes from Croke Park, so... Uh,
0: and have you ever been to watch that hybrid international series, at Ireland and Australia?
4: I have, yeah. Yeah, you guys are a bit rough, though. You <laughs> always come over and... Throw a few digs and beat us up a little bit. But,
0: but you're a big man. You're from Offaly, right?
4: Yeah, I'm from Offaly. Yeah, yeah that's uh-huh. where I'm from. But. So
0: you can go out and throw a few cut lunches with the best of them, <laughs> I'd imagine.
4: Um, I know. I think you guys are, are probably. I've watched a few very, very rough games in that compromise rules, but uh, um, yeah,
0: compromise is a really good word. I reckon that sums it up pretty nicely. Yeah. It's not hybrid. It is compromised completely. Especially when we've got guys full time here. Sorry, we're getting off the course, but yeah, I think th- you th- guys are
4: probably some of the most. Ad- I, I've heard somewhere it's like some some of the most advanced training in yeah. the world that the Aussie Rules guys do because they they cover a lot of ground, don't they, in a lot of, in a short space of time.
0: Absolutely, and I think to compete against farmers from County Kerry or something <laughs> like that, it's pretty. It, un, you know, it's it's a big order to compete. Anyway, let's probably sharpen this up a little bit here. Yourself and Paul Dunn, I assume, is a, a really good mate of yours. I would yeah. imagine
4: he is yeah we um i've known paul for many years i've even i knew him when he was an amateur he's a good bit younger than me but kind of the the great thing about irish people and and irish golfers is when you come out on tour and you're irish you're just taken in by everyone else and you're brought out for dinner practice rounds all that so you know that's what the older lads did with me when i started so when paul came out i kind of tried to make sure that he wasn't ever left on his own and and then you know it's nice to be here playing the world cup with him and He's a very good player in his own right. He's, uh, you know, he obviously had a great win last year at the British Masters and a great chance to win the Open as an amateur. And he's he's got a really big future ahead of him. And I think, um, you know, it'll be nice to play with him this week and I think we could do something.
0: Do you reckon there's a hint, just maybe a hint of Justin Rose about him? Like he flashed in, in his first Open. And then he's, you know, just gone away and then built slowly towards it. If he gets to where Justin Rose is, it's going yeah, to be unbelievable, but...
4: Yeah, I think it's quite harsh on Paul saying that he's... I mean, Justin Rose missed his first 21 cuts. Mm. Uh, I don't think... You know, Paul just kept his card the first year and then he won in the second year, so... um, He obviously made race to you by this year. He, he'll he tell you himself he he wouldn't be overly happy with how he's performed this year, but, um, you know, he's still had a half-decent year and and I'd expect him to go on and do bigger and better things. He's a very determined, very gritty, very hard worker. Um, I would put him. I think he's very much a a, a poor Carrington type character, where he really, really works at his game and leaves no stone unturned.
0: Does being Irish open doors to you around the world? Do people just uh, expect you to drink beer and carry on and uh, have a good time?
4: Yeah, I suppose they do. But I mean, being Irish is great. Um, first of all no matter where you go there's always Irish people <laughs> it's uh it's funny we're like the biggest four million population country in the world it's like um no matter where I go there's always Irish people out I'm sure in Melbourne this week there's going to be some people out watching us uh you know when you go to the states the Irish Americans love Irish people and um we're kind of like I'd like to think that we're you know people do like us and and we're a nation of friendly and outgoing people and that's kind of what I see myself as.
0: Um Irish pubs around the world, are they any bear any resemblance at all to what you have in Dublin? Some of them do. Um
4: <laughs> I it's funny the last time I was here one of my friends was over here and he was working in PJ O'Brien's in uh on South Bank. So, and <laughs> um, we spent a couple of nights in there myself and G Mac and uh but yeah, there's a some some of them do, some, but it's hard to be a pull from back home.
0: <laughs> so this year, or well, next year, I say twenty nineteen, a big time for Irish golf. Um, Royal Portrush back on the map to host the Open Championship for the first time in since fifty one, I think maybe from memory.
4: I'm not sure. I wasn't. You you might have been born then. I wasn't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh whack! Thanks, Shane. <laughs> I'm never going to hear the end of that. Thanks very much uh no um so let's go with 51 <laughs> <laughs> might have been a glint in my grandfather's eye but thank you for that um is it a big thing for Irish golf to to have the open championship back
4: i think it is i uh i think for the for the guys from there like GMAC mac and and rory and the guys from up around that neck of the woods, it's it's huge and um you know to be able to, it'd be great to be able to get in my car and go to the open championship um hmm. touch wood that, I, that I'll be in it, but... Uh, it is you know it's a very special tournament and to have it in our island um as people know golf is a is a one nation sport in ireland and and it it will, it, it would be great to play the open in in my home country and um to go and compete I would be even better but or contend that it would be even better but yeah it's a huge thing back home and I haven't been to port russians to they've done the changes but um even before the changes an amazing golf course great place to play golf in a great part of the world.
0: Looks absolutely spectacular. Uh, Who do you have to beat this year to lift the World Cup? Ireland's won it twice before?
4: Um, I think obviously the Aussies. Um, I think England are going to be very good. Uh, I'm not too sure. It's a strange type of format. So like you look at Belgium are quite good. Um, Denmark would be decent again. Uh, So it's kind of you know I think the Aussies are obviously going to be favourites, but being playing on your home soil makes it that little bit tougher.
0: But you guys, I mean, it's not such a big step for you, as you said earlier. You know, you're used to playing bouncy courses where you think yeah. your way around, not bash it.
4: Oh, look, I think I think the conditions and the, and the golf course can somewhat suit us this week. And I think if we get off to a good start and we have a good day on Thursday and we get into the mix, I think we're both very determined characters mm-hmm. and we're both um, very competitive characters. And I think that could help us and we could do something uh,
0: if this is wrong I apologise you play Strixon yeah does he play does he's ball play tireless, tireless Yeah. so it? that's
4: the one that's the one issue we have over the next couple of days is trying to figure out what ball we're going to use
0: so you haven't had that discussion um,
4: yet we have and, and I'm telling him I'm the boss so <laughs> <laughs> hopefully he, I know, I, I'm i assuming I think I think personally the Strixon ball is better in the wind so I think we'll be uh, we'll be using that one
0: so do you, how do you play fade draw
4: uh, uh I'm a draw-biased player, but I'm, I'm a bit of both. I'm, I'm hitting the ball quite well at the minute, and I feel like I can do do both. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm a bit of
0: both, but draw-biased. You've definitely got the reins to sort of rule the roost over Paul yeah. then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Shane, we really appreciate your time, and, and like all Irish sportsmen who come down to Australia, we, we are very grateful for your time, and we know that you'll have a lot of uh, followers out here, and we wish you all the very best for a prosperous World Cup. Thank you. How good Shane Lowry, Justin? I mean... Yeah, he's ha- awesome. Just off the plane and just speaks so freely. And, um, you know, he's got some great thoughts on on uh, not only this tournament but what the world of golf could be.
2: Yeah, and back here for his third World Cup in a row. So 2013 at Royal Melbourne. Uh, he was obviously 2016 at Kingston Heath and now here at Metro uh, this year. He played with uh, Graham McDowell, the other two, and now Paul Dunn. I thought him talking about Paul Dunn was interesting. I feel like Paul Dunn's, Paul Dunn's big year is still coming. I mean, oh, no he's, he's had the massive one week when he was an amateur at the Open, 2015 at St Andrews, but you feel like Paul Dunn, the Paul Dunn's career season still to come, so whether that starts here, who knows, but he's a great player and um, I thought a lot of the stuff that Shane was talking about, uh, the the Irish guys on tour, how they take him under the wing and he saw Paul Dunn come on the scene and he really looked after him, I've, there's a lot of Australian in that as well, I think yeah. we get a sense of that when our guys go overseas, Cam Smith talked about it a lot, he got looked after and he's now looking after some of the younger Queenslanders as well and he said last week he'd do anything for junior golfers, junior Australian golfers, the guys coming on the scene. So, well, yeah, I see a lot of Australian sort of ethos in that, what Shane was talking about um, with the Irish guys.
0: I reckon we we'll see a lot of Australian-like partying if they get the chocolates too. <laughs> One interesting... There a couple of in- interesting things came out of the main press conference that we've had so far today. This has been Tuesday morning when we're recording this. Um, Mark Leishman actually talked about his sister. Yeah, that was staggering. Yeah. It's... would you believe, listening to this, his sister Christy... Has never seen him play a tournament round of golf in his
2: life. Because I believe you asked, is anyone coming down from more and more Montana for Cam Smith? And he just dropped it in. Yeah, she's actually never seen me play a tournament before. And, I, yeah, nearly fell off my chair. I can't... So, I mean, he's played in Australia a number of years. Oh, yeah. Obviously, the World Cup last
0: he, time. He was a regular on the Australasian PGA Tour for years as well. Yeah. Won yeah. events.
2: It's understandable that she's never been overseas to see him play or whatever, but you... Yeah, um, maybe there must be a story or something. But.
0: It's breathtaking. Well, she's coming down with the kids and stuff. So yeah. you know, presumably she's had things that have tied her to yeah. to Warrnambool, and it's been impossible. But it is amazing to think that he's he's effectively the captain of Australia. Yeah, you're watching your brother play <laughs> as the captain of Australia for the very first time live. It's uh, super
2: cool. It was, the way he said it, it was like you could see that he was really proud and excited yeah. about it as well. He said he had people coming down, and there was a bus coming down from Warrnambool. But yeah, um,
0: what else did you take out of that press conference?
2: It, obviously a lot of people talking about the home ground mm-hmm. um, advantage, especially a couple of years ago, I remember at Kingston Heath, Mark was talking about, he'd played there quite a lot and things like that, but um, asking him about the course here at Metro, he referenced playing in pennant days uh, in Victoria, he said, yeah, we used to play here in pennant a lot, uh, the greens used to be a lot click, quicker, I think maybe they've slowed them down a bit, but I thought it was fascinating that A, uh, could remember, sort of he obviously knows he's played here before, but if he gleans anything from pennant days, which would have been what, 10? 13
0: 15, years ago, I reckon. 15, yeah,
2: easily. Um, that'll be fascinating, and just on that, learning the course, and obviously it's changed a bit over the years, they well, they were lucky enough, and Dave Micheluzzi was lucky enough as well to go out with Cam Smith and Mark Leishman the last couple of days. Um, the King of Cranbourne, as he's <laughs> known quite a, quite a bit around Australian golf. He obviously finished low amateur as we mentioned on the Sunday afternoon, and they teed, teed it up with Cam, I'm pretty sure, in Sydney, because he knew about it then. Flew back and he went around with Mark and Cam yesterday afternoon, I'm assuming it was for nine holes and then another nine this morning. He was up early. I uh, think it
0: might have even been more. I think they played 18 this morning. Okay, right. And it might have been another 18 yesterday.
2: Yeah, right. And so, because obviously Dave's a member here at uh, Metropolitan as well as Cranbourne, where he is the king, undisputed. Um, but yeah, we asked Mark about uh, both of them actually about sort of what things Dave had been able to help him with. And Mark was quite glowing. He said a lot of the tee shots you have here and a lot of shots into greens look really narrow. And he said that Dave, but then you get up to the greens and you actually realise there's a bunch of space. And Dave was sort of just able to, enlighten, not enlighten them, obviously they know these things, but help them a little bit with some of the shots around the course, which was pretty cool and places to miss, places to not miss. So I know I'm sure Dave had an absolute blast going out with those guys, just walking around and, yeah, it'd be pretty cool if that's something that maybe down the road this weekend that he's able to help them out.
0: The Ford scout for Team Australia. Exactly it's an amazing right. thing to put on your resume. Yeah. Um, I'm What I took from the press conference as well is that they're going to they're really good mates, Cam Smith and yeah. Mark Leachman, and they're going to be loose on course. Yeah. I think it's a huge advantage. They've been knocking around talking about this for months on end. Mm. Their caddies are best mates. Three of them, I mean, Leash lives in Virginia. The three of the others, the two caddies. Um, Maddie
2: Kelly's, Leash's caddy?
0: Yeah. And so Maddie and Kameny's caddy live all in around, the corner, uh, around yeah. Jacksonville, right next to each other, basically. They knock around all the time. Um, we're going to see four guys out there having a blast, yep. which I think is going to be awesome. Yeah. And Leash said, don't be fooled. If you see us on camera walking up the fairway, giggling our heads off, <laughs> Yeah. when we get over the ball, it's game on. Yeah. We're desperate to win this. Yeah. I love that.
2: Yeah, it'll be awesome.
0: Yeah, I think that's not only I love it that he wants to win for Australia, but I love that he's going to be loose and having fun because I don't think there's enough visibly of that ostensibly on television. So if he hits, it, if he has a double bogey and he's pissing himself laughing on the next tee, <laughs> give him some slack. I shouldn't say those words on this podcast. I apologise for that.
2: That might be the most rude word that's been said on Inside the Ropes. I'm not sure. We'd have to check. No. We had I... side boob once. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> pr- <laughs> which, which is possibly worse.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, no, I did go a couple of... Uh, in rants, I think I went with a couple worse. But okay, okay. I do apologise for that word. That's all right. But yeah, I, I think it's a really good thing for golf. Um,
2: and you could they were talking about the actual selection process. Obviously, the highest-ranked player uh, was Leash. He's then allowed to choose his partner and obviously chose um, Adam Scott a couple of years ago. Oh, was it the other way around? I think Leash, Scotty chose Leash. Scotty chose Leash, right. And they had a great time together. Um, but you could, as you said, they're great friends, these two, and you could tell that Cam Smith thrusting himself into a position where he couldn't I mean Leash had to pick him that's what mm. he said mm. and he was kind of happy about it it was very <laughs> funny when he said that uh, they were talking about he you know, called Cam Cam was like what? he called me and obviously I couldn't say no I was so excited and I thought it was funny and then they were just discussing the whole process of how Cam found out and Leash was up here and said I'm sweating just thinking about it
0: uh, It's cold that's <laughs> it very good that's very good now, we haven't had the chance to step out on the course too much just as of yet, but the walking through the gates and just having a look around the holes that uh, stretch away from the clubhouse and come back, Metropolitan, which is in on its worst day of the 365 in any given year, mm. it is the second best at worst <laughs> golf course in <laughs> Australia in terms of condition. This is my favourite course to play. Yep. Just visually, it's unbelievable with the greens running into the bunkers the the cut on the edge of the bunkers I hopefully it comes up for everyone watching it on T V this mm. week. Uh it's an absolute treat. Um
2: and it'll never be in better, Nick. This uh, isn't this isn't sec- worst day of the year condition. This is like unreal.
0: It's 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 breathtaking when you walk out and see how, how sharp this course looks. Mm. Um unfortunately by the uh standards of World Golf these days and the direction the distance debate's taking us, and we're not gonna go down this path again. Um Metropolitan's too short to hold really mega big events. Mm. The last time it did was the um, World Golf Championship 17 or 18 years ago now. Um, there was th- a
2: Masters in there, 2014 I believe. Nicole. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and I think it's more than capable of its holding its own and we can trick it up to do whatever. It's just such a pity that it's you not a l- it. little yeah. bit longer and um, I, I can't wait to hear everyone's verdict on the course because as I said, this is my favourite uh, of all the ones around here to play. Um, very lucky to have been out there a few times, and and uh, I think it's an absolute gem. Uh, really looking forward to people's feedback as the week goes on, and and the discussion next week because it's the unsung hero, in my opinion, of these sandbelt courses.
2: If you were thinking about coming out, you'd be, you should come out to metropolitan this week just to see the course, yeah. and then to see the play as well, obviously and i thought that was really cool the last world cup as you said hearing the reviews of people it's going to be interesting the p- the things the players said about kingston heath 2 years ago was like quite extraordinary the way they mm. the way they praised the course and it's going to be the exact same case this week and it's pretty cool to hear i remember um sarren kildson came out and said it was like literally one of his favorite courses in the whole world and he wasn't alone there was about four or five that said that sort of thing so it's cool just to have the the top 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 guys come from overseas, us in Europe and praise, of course, here uh, like Metro. So
0: I'm going to put you in charge of where they all rank for some of these players. Be a good story.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: Just put that one on your list. Yeah. Man. No worries. Now we all saw how unbe- unbelievably well accepted the Australian All Abilities Championship presented by ISPs Handel was at the Lakes Golf Club in Sydney last week. We're absolutely thrilled mm. that there's a back-to-back swing here. Yeah. Uh, of Tournaments for golfers with a disability. We are delighted to have the, alongside the ISPS, I'm going to, this, if this doesn't get me a life membership into (laughs) ISPS Handa or at least frequent flyer status or something. (laughs) At the ISPS Handa Melbourne World Cup of Golf, we are playing in conjunction with the ISPS Handa Disabled Golf Cup. Uh, If you want to follow it on Twitter this week, um, I think I should check on the hashtag we're going to use there, but. In fact, I will get someone to check on that for me. I apologize for not having that information at hand. It is a big part of this tournament. We have the same um, setup that the the golfers we played uh, on the the same course with the same same setup and the same tees and times as the pros. Um, I know that you were a big fan of that concept last week.
2: It was unreal. And I think it's so great that we had the success of last week. And it really was quite extraordinary, the coverage it got. Mm. um from the media in Sydney and all around the world and the players as well were picking up on it. I mean we had Brand Snedeker. These guys like we can't stress enough, these professionals, Brand Snedeker and the US tour players, everyone was was stopping their range sessions and just standing there and watching guys like Juan Pastigo, our own Rolls, and just watching these guys hit balls in the range and it was it was sensational and the um the coverage it got is was so so good. And it's great, I think, to have two weeks in a row. You know, we don't see them them once and then that's it. Um, They're not going to fall out of the sort of spotlight. To get these guys to back up and obviously we know how excited they are. We've spent some time talking to them this Mm. week and they were at the airport yesterday morning flying down from Sydney to Melbourne and to be able for them to back up and do it in a World Cup setting uh, I think is quite amazing. So hopefully Mm. it just grows even stronger and Christian Hamilton and Mm. his team, the guys, the EDGA, Tony Bennett, they... um, have another great week here and hopefully we see plenty more of this a big
0: big addition to the field this week so there's 12 players playing in the uh, the disabled golf cup Uh, the big addition to the field that wasn't present in Sydney until too late, um, big thanks to our immigration department for not letting this great man in um, all the way from the Dominican Republic Manuel de los Santos we've
2: had some great names as well no better the, than that that's that's up there
0: Manuel de los Santos
2: you're uh, that's good from you.
0: I had the pleasure of meeting Manuel Sunday at the lakes um, another heartbreaker I've got to tell you these guys oh. these guys <laughs> are absolutely the, the, the girls are loving him. Um, Manuel <laughs> has got shoulders and guns the gun show He's yeah. like he's Packing my thighs off his shoulders, mate. He is an absolute beast. Um, another leg amputee player. Um, I'm telling you, he is one to watch. He'll thrill people out here. He's got this yeah. dazzling smile. Um, I'm quite taken by these guys, just yeah, it
2: yeah, you really are. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'd be good to, we can't wait to see him out here. And, yeah, for anyone coming out, make sure you check them out. Um, yeah. It's something else.
0: It's a superb field again. Really delighted to see uh, Cameron Pollard, who um, is the club champion at Sawtell Golf Club just near Coffs Harbour, um, get another start. He was laid into the field when, when De Los Santos couldn't make it last week. And Sean, absolutely Sean, um, a 19-year-old with, with autism who just carved out a lazy six birdies on the lakes in the wind on the Saturday. I, you know, you have to... These guys aren't in the field because it's a token thing. They are legitimate players, and I'm telling you, if you're in Melbourne, you need to come and watch this. Um, speaking yeah.
2: of speaking of Sunday, like just to back over it one more time, our man Johan Kammerstad, who ended up winning the Australian All Abilities Championship presented by IceBS Hander, <laughs> he shot 73 on Sunday, is that correct? Correct. And I believe you rattled off in the pod you and Blakey did on Sunday night that he beat 29 players in 25. The, 25 players in the Australian Open field, yeah. didn't shoot 73, but our man Johan did.
0: Johan stitched 25 of the Australian Open field up and then had the absolutely uh, the, the, the gumption to come out and celebrate with a few Golf Australia uh, employees on Sunday night. And that was clearly his biggest mistake of the week because he didn't make too many on the course. But a uh, great fella, and as they all are. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're thrilled to see a second tournament uh, in quick succession. And it's to everyone's credit, as yep. you mentioned, Christian Hamilton and all those around involved with the USPGA Tour to get getting this one up and running. And, of course, ISPS Hander for doing that. Now, let's have it Before we let everyone go a couple of key things uh, the rest of the world of golf um, we had some reasonable only results in Sea Island, we we didn't get Curtis Luck um, over the line in terms of making the cut which was unfortunate, um, same applied to Matty Jones I believe from memory um, we did get uh, Stuart Appleby actually played, played very well and also as I'm struggling to find the names here without anything here um Oh, who was the other player who made the cut? Oh, Aaron Baddeley. Aaron Baddeley. Aaron Baddeley did pretty well as well, but no one really did anything, mm. you know, tremendously of note. Um, it probably leaves Curtis Luck in a, in a, and Matt Jones, for that matter, in an unenviable position. I don't think Matty Jones made the cut in any of the uh, the Early four season. series events. Um, Curtis only one of four, I think, from memory. So hopefully they re-rank kindly um, when push comes to shove, when it resumes in January. And we need to get some... Oh, for their sake, we would hope that they can... Uh, get some early season results when 2019 dawns. Mm. Perhaps the biggest result from an Australian perspective this last week, other than at the Australian Open, of course, was Minji Lee. Mm. Um, we've become used to her just playing four rounds, somewhere around 67, mm. 70, 68, <laughs> 69. In the Tour Championship, the, which was won by um, Lexi, Thompson. Lexi Thompson, and breaking her drought for a long time. Yeah. Um, Minji didn't fire. Let's be honest, she didn't fire a shot. No. She was thereabouts on the on the first round.
2: 70, 75, 74 and 70.
0: Yeah, it just wasn't the Minji we've come to expect.
2: I'd say if anyone in Australian golf deserves to have a week off, it's probably Minji Lee. Oh. She's racked up that many top 10s and top 25s this year. It's actually a bit of a joke. It's a shame that it came in the yeah. season-ending event. Um, she'll be disappointed, obviously, but
0: and until Area Jutanagan sort of got it together on the weekend and, and came through and won, because there are only five players who can win the million-dollar prize mm. uh, that was on offer for the race to the CME Globe, and Area Jutanagan, the number one player this season on tour by a light year, and Minji was second by a light year, let's put it on the table, mm. Erya closed, closed the weekend with a 69 and 66 and, yep. and buried everyone else. But until the late in the third round, mm. all five of those women were still in touch with each other. Yep. Um, so it, I guess Minji would be, we'll talk to her in a couple of weeks. Um, she's um, said that she'll come on after a season mm. when she's hopefully having a cocktail in a beach somewhere and having a bit of a chill out. But uh, yeah, I'm sure she'll be disappointed with the way it closed. But as you say, one of the great seasons that any uh, female Australian has ever uh, put together in terms of consistency, Kari Webb's won a lot more events on mm. in certain years, but Um, Even Kari would admire her consistency this year. So congratulations to Minji despite the the closing uh, shot in Florida there. Um, Other Australians in that field, I think Catherine Kirk was the next best Australian. Catherine
2: Kirk, she finished at a share of 27th at one under for the week. So she was just a couple of shots better than Minji. Hannah Green caps off her rookie season on the LPGA Tour. She was 48th, three over for the week. And Suo was also at that number. And Sarah Jane Smith was uh, a bit further back, but it is, I mean, obviously not the week those girls wanted, but to have one, two, three, four, five or so playing in that season-ending tournament, and all of them have had great years, and all of them going to that event, and you know they can win. It's um, it's pretty exciting, and I think on the LPGA Tour, we obviously try to give it as much love as we can because these girls are doing such a good job. They really are. Yeah. Uh,
0: now, we are going to get on our way here and get out of the road because I think Team India is coming in here to bowl us off the podium if, any second.
2: If Anabarn and Gaganjeet roll in and see us sitting up here, they might <laughs> be a little offended.
0: They, oh, I think there's every chance they'll be a little offended. I think if Australia wins a toss-bats on Friday night and, and racks up <laughs> 280 in the T20 match, Anabhan might be a little bit offended too. So it's great to have so many different nations here. Um, we appreciate you guys tuning in to Inside the Ropes. Before,
2: before we go, yeah, give me a tip. And give me a give me oh. a little off off Broadway as you so often like to do on this show. Yeah, a, and we must say, I only ask. Oh, do I bring it up? You have now. Oh, he's got his arms raised in the air, a big beaming smile. He's now double fist pumping. <laughs> I'll go there. Go. L- last week on the previous show, Inside the Ropes, Mark somehow picked Abraham answer. Not somehow. Abraham's a wonderful player. Mark's tip was Abraham answered to win the Australian Open, and he did so. And what I most respect you for is doubling down on the Thursday night wrap <laughs> and playing a grab that you'd got with Abraham, telling him that you'd picked him, thank and you. how is he going to cope with the pressure? I've done some
0: serious head wobbling the last week or so.
2: If You nearly were out with neck soreness, but <laughs> thankfully you've made it down to Melbourne and you look like a likely starter. Thank you right, very much. So in the rich, uh, we did say that a broken clock is, is right twice a day, even. Yeah, thank but you very much. But I will... I will ask, what is who? Who have you got this week? Well,
0: I've got Smith and Leishman clearly, and that's I actually believe that's going to happen. Not just being biased, but yep. I, I I would not be surprised at all to see Japan Satoshi Kodaira and yep. Deto Tanahara who are going to fly under the radar here for a long time this week. I wouldn't be surprised to see them do something special. And our guest Shane Lowry with Paul Dunn, yep. if they can sort of mash mash their games together, hmm. um, I think they could really shake shake the field. And for an absolute ruffie. An absolute roughie. Nick Taylor has actually shown some form, and Adam had one here last year. He was actually pretty good in the uh, sand belt conditions, so I will pick Canada as my billion to one ruffie.
2: You do have a little soft spot for Canada. I do have as a soft a, spot. Just for as a country. Yes. That might be coming into it, but uh, you've jumped off your man, Abraham.
0: Uh, I can't see Mexico winning this week. <laughs> I don't want to confront Abraham and talk to him about <laughs> it.
2: That's the first thing I'm going to tell him as soon as I see him. That I'm off? Yeah. Really? Oh, that's extremely a cheap shot from you. Surely you've got to ride him for another
0: week. No, I'm um, I'm comfortable that uh, the cerveza has flowed once this trip, <laughs> and it may not be flowing this weekend at uh, at uh, the mighty Metropolitan Golf Club. Who
2: about you? What do you got? Uh, that's a very good question, Mark. I I would love to pick England. Just I wouldn't. No, I, I mean I wouldn't love it. <laughs> <laughs> I would love for them to. To be up there and contending,
0: oh, it'd be colourful if Tyrrell Hatton, who's just a ripping, you know, entertainer out on the course, very emotional, and Ian Poulter were in the mix on mm. Sunday. I'll grant you that.
2: That would be unreal. And um, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Denmark back to back. They were unreal two years ago; those two, and they played really well together. And Torbjorn's just come off the Ryder Cup. Yeah, I'm Denmark right, wins
0: the Eisenhower it. Trophy. Mm. It's this. That's one of the most unsung stories yeah. in. Not world sport, that's probably going a bit far, but it is unbelievable that a minnow country, Mm. in terms of its size and golfing populations, Denmark, can hold the World Cup of Golf and the Eisenhower Trophy all at the same time. Mm. Hats off to uh, Frederick and all these...
2: What, what, Who's what, Frederick? Crown Prince Frederick? Oh, Mary's no. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah, yeah, Freddie. Freddie. Freddie and Mary's mob. Yeah, Frederick. Sorry, you've just you've alluded to him as Frederick, and
0: I, <laughs> first name basis. Oh, well, I me and Fred go way back. If my he, my if long he,
2: shot. I'll take. I'll take my man. How tong? yeah, yeah tong? Like, he's I my like, guy. I
0: like China too. So. Yep. Um, we've already picked four, so i better not pick five. Um, that's it, everyone. Episode number 74. Thank you, Justin Falconer. Thanks for having me, Mark. It's a pleasure to have yet another host. I'm not sure if you've earned enough stripes. And remember, we are watching you this week. And sucking up to the USPGA oh. Tour, and your yellow card will go immediately to a red, <laughs> never to be seen again on this podcast. And, I'm innocent. Uh, I'm innocent. Yeah, well, the jury's out on that one too. Thank you very much, everyone. That's episode number 74 of Inside the Ropes. In the cam, we'll chat to you very soon.